Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, Annie here for Showreel. Looking at films, productions and workers in the moving image industry in Australia. As we all know, peace is a radical concept and, and Esther Tarkas documentary, The Narrow Bridge, takes us into the lives of four people who all belong to a controversial grassroots movement of broken-hearted people, Israeli-Palestinian bereaved families, standing side by side to end the violence and bring a future based on dignity and equality into that part of the world. Despite fierce political and family opposition, they refused to give up. Today we're going to have a chat with the director of The Narrow Bridge. The start of this film, uh, Narrow Bridge, The Narrow Bridge, was in 2017. So it's had a long journey. Can you tell my listeners how this film came about? Yes. Okay. So I'm a child and adult psychologist in my day job. I've worked in lots of public places in Melbourne, Monash Medical Centre. I was involved with the... um, World Commission into Sexual Abuse and Institutions, and I felt like I wanted to give back and do some kind of community work with my psychology. And so I have been uh, volunteering or working as an honorary psychologist a month a year um, in the pediatric department of Hadassah Hospital in Jerusalem. And what many people may not know is that about 50% of the patient body there comes from the Jewish-Israeli sector and 50% comes from the Palestinian, mostly Muslim and some Christian sector. And it was that experience working in the hospital that set me on this journey. You know, in the hospital I saw um, how the, 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 I saw firsthand the effects of the conflict and how fear and hate can grow on both sides, but I also saw how in that shared intimacy of sickness and vulnerability relationships can change. And I learned that that's the same with grief. So when I was there one year in 2017, a friend of mine invited me to go to this joint Israeli-Palestinian memorial ceremony for victims of the conflict, which I'd heard about but never been to. And I went to that ceremony where you hear Israelis and Palestinians sharing their, their pain 
when a loved one was killed and committing themselves to do anything to stop the conflict, the violence, so that other people don't experience that terrible pain. And I was just completely blown away by their stories and by the ceremony and felt that people outside of Israel and the Palestinian territories need to know about this. In fact, people within those areas don't know enough about it. So that's what set me on the journey of making the film. And and it's controversial, isn't it? Extremely controversial. That ceremony? Yeah. Yes, it is unfortunately extremely controversial. You might think that Israelis and Palestinians coming together to, you know, commit themselves to work for peace and to hear each other's stories would be an amazing thing that they would be heroes. That's what I think they should be. But they get a lot of pushback from both societies. So... In Israeli society, the ceremony takes place on the eve of the general memorial day in Israel. That's for soldiers and civilians who've died over the years through through violence and conflict. So that's controversial. If we put it in the Australian con- context, it's like on Anzac Day, uh, you know, Australians have, having to remember the, the Germans who were killed in the war or, you know, the other side that were killed. So that's hard for people. Um, and on the Palestinian side, you know, so, and a lot of Israelis think, you know, they're coming to hear Palestinians who maybe have been involved in terrorist acts themselves. They don't want to come and hear that. And on the Palestinian side, they're feeling that they're coming together with the families of soldiers who have killed their, their, their relatives. So it is controversial on both sides. But, and it takes a lot of courage um, for all people to come together. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been had pushback on the political levels as well. Palestinians who've spoken at the ceremony have been fired from their jobs in the Palestinian territories. Um, the defence minister, Galant, this year tried to bar Palestinians from coming in on security grounds and then the... Um, um, the Supreme Court over overturned that so they could come in, but there is a lot of controversy about it. Now, you've decided to make a film and uh, you're, you're director. This is not your usual area of expertise, is it? So I'm essentially the writer, director, producer for this film and, and um, the reluctant, all of that for the film. Um, no, I, my day job is as a child and adult psychologist. It's the first, this is my first film. Um, I, I've always had this creative side, so I've been writing for a long time and I've published three books. And the next story that kept, that was coming to me kept coming to me in images. So I did go and study script writing and filmmaking, but this is the first film that I've actually completed. Well, it's extraordinarily stable and uh, well-structured, this film, because it's very complex and it's quite emotional as well, of course. Um, So you've made certain decisions about how you're going to make this film. Well, for a beginning, uh, the cinematographers are Israeli as well as Palestinian. You've also uh, tied the um, issues to four main protagonists, haven't you? Yes. So the four main protagonists are a man and a woman from each side. Uh, So we've got an Israeli and Palestinian woman and an Israeli and Palestinian man. I really wanted a a man and a woman from each side. And it's filmed filmed evenly also 
across those locations, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem in Israel, Beit Jala and Beit Umar in the Palestinian territories. And, and they've come from that group of people who have uh, stood up uh, and are part of the um, memorial that we were just talking about. The ceremony. So each of those four people after their terrible loss, and maybe we'll just tell the listeners briefly so they, they understand the trauma of these losses. So um, Palestinian man Bassam's 10-year-old daughter was shot um, by a rubber bullet and, and killed outside her school. Um, uh, um, Israeli Rami's 14-year-old daughter was blown up by a suicide bomber and she was buying school books for the new school year. Bushra's 17-year-old, Palestinian Bushra's 17-year-old son was killed as he was involved in a protest but in his village, but I don't think it was a terribly violent protest in any way. And um, um, Israeli Maytal's father was axed to death by two Palestinians in his garden. So they're all really awful deaths that these people have had to cope with. And after sometime after those losses, you know, there was a sense of shock and um, grief and depression and anger and slowly, slowly over time they met with people of the other side and came to this sense of understanding and shared grief and understanding of the the commonality and they joined the Israeli-Palestinian Bereaved Families Organisation and have now all become activists in that organisation. And it wasn't a simple journey, was it? And that's what this film actually charts. Yes. So in a way, it uses my lens as a trauma psychologist to follow their journeys. I was kind of fascinated to try and understand how does somebody make that change and that journey from shock and depression and anger to come to understand the other side and have real empathy and compassion and then work together in this kind of peace activism. It's pretty extraordinary because uh, Bushar, for example, all of these people are archetypes of uh, the narratives, really. Uh, They're living personifications of elements of this conflict um, this war, true. yeah, and so but at the same time, they're all completely ordinary people. You know, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I agree with you. Bush was amazing. I mean, Bushra um, married, at, you know, grew up in her village, married as a fourteen-year-old, had her first child a few years later, didn't really left her village, and then after her son uh, Mahmoud was killed. Uh, and, and after a few years, when she became involved with the organisation, she now speaks around goes, speaks around the world talking about, you know, reconciliation and conflict resolution. So her character arc, if you, if you like, is enormous. But also uh, the man who uh, spent seven years in jail. Bassam. Um, Bassam, yeah, Bassam. Yes. What an extraordinary person he is. He is extraordinary. So he's in Melbourne at the moment, you know. <laughs> Rami and Bassam are here at the moment on a speaking tour organised by one of the partners of the film. And that speaking tour is really here to promote the power of people-to-people peace building. 
Um, and which is why it's so exciting that Romy and Bassam are able to be present at the Q&As for the film. Um, so Bassam, um, as a 17-year-old, he explains in the film how it was kind of perfectly normal for Palestinian kids to join, to, to hoist the Palestinian flag and to throw stones at Israelis as part of, Israeli soldiers as part of their wanting to be freedom fighters. And at 17, he and some friends found some old grenades in a cave. They found some old weapons and grenades in a cave and they threw them at an Israeli patrol and they were all jailed. And when it, when he was in jail, Bassam actually completely by accident happened to watch a film about the Holocaust, which he had heard about but had been taught that it was a lie. Um, and so he watched that and he found himself crying and, you know, understood more of the the background of the Jewish people and how there was a need for a, a state of Israel. Um, so that was part of his journey. And when he came out of jail, um, he became involved in a movement called Combatants for Peace, which is Israelis and Palestinian prior soldiers or combatants joining together to work for peace. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh the power of peace, but also the fact that it's so controversial. Um, obviously, uh, there, as you point out, that these conflicting narratives and the suffering of others are, are overlooked. But th- this group of people are actually calling for a dignified and appropriate peace, aren't they? An equal peace. De- definitely, definitely. There's definitely a recognition of the rights of both sides. That's why they're so amazing. They really can hear the narrative of both sides and are happy, you know, wanting to walk towards sort of some kind of compromise solution that doesn't cancel out the, the needs and the rights of either people. 3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June. We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon keeps the station radical and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2023. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. You're with Annie on Showreel on your 3CR community radio station. We are talking with director Esther Tarkas about her film The Narrow Bridge, which follows the work of the Israeli, Palestinian and bereaved families. The Narrow Bridge is having a screening and Q&A with the director at the Classic Cinema in Alstonwick on Sunday, May the 28th at 4pm. Here is the final part of my chat with Esther. Can you talk to us about the name, The Narrow Bridge? <laughs> yes. Um, so The Narrow Bridge is really about the bridge these people are building between their two societies, between the Israeli and the Palestinian societies. And sadly, that bridge is still pretty narrow. Um, and my hope with this film and my hope for these people is that that bridge becomes, you know, bigger and bigger and becomes a a huge highway at some point. 
Um, but at this stage, it's, it's quite a narrow bridge between these two societies. And they do all these amazing um, activities to create that bridge. Um, Rami and Bassam go and speak to Israeli and Palestinian high school students. Um, the women are involved in a lot of women's meetings and workshops that have a kind of a almost feminist flavour about them. Um, yeah, they donate blood to each other. They do lots of different things. So that's one meaning of the narrow bridge. But there's another meaning, which is the bridge that they have crossed from trauma to activism. And as a psychologist, I know that, you know, we're kind of all familiar with the concept of post-traumatic stress disorder. But what I think these people are showing is something called post-traumatic growth, which is a concept that's been researched over the last few decades. And it says that some people after trauma actually find this renewed sense of appreciation for life, um, uh, change in their values, um, and, and discover strengths they never had before. And when I was trying to understand how these people manage to have the strength to do what they do, I think that they all have this show this post-traumatic growth. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Tell me about the uh, We Don't Want You Here campaign. <laughs> okay, so the people who see the film, there is this line threaded throughout the film where we see Israelis and Palestinians, men and women, young, young and old, you know, teenagers, in each language saying, we don't want you here. Um, is the Hebrew and I should know the Arabic off by heart but I quite, can't quite remember it um, and so through the film we see those faces and of course we assume that they're saying the Israelis are saying we don't want the Palestinians here in this land the Palestinians are saying we don't want the Israelis here in this land and it's only you know two thirds of the way through the film we, well, I'm kind of going to do a bit of a spoiler here, but we, it's revealed that that is actually one of the logos of the organisation, the Israeli-Palestinian Bereaved Families Organisation, saying we don't want more bereaved people here. We don't want new members of our organisation. So there's this kind of very powerful twist to the meaning of those words. And there are other things involved in this uh, uh, act, peace activism um, in the uh, belly of the beast, effectively. Uh, the um, choir is very interesting as well. <laughs> I love that choir. So it's the Rana Arab Jewish Women's Choir. And um, I've been to their rehearsals. They um, they meet in Yafo, um, um, Jewish, Israeli and um, Arab, Muslim and Christian Palestinian women. They've been going for 10 or 15 years. I, I would love if there was a way to bring them out to Australia. Um, and they sing a song that is now the closing song of the ceremony, which is actually in Aramaic, a very ancient language. They say that the song, that the language that Jesus spoke on the cross was actually Aramaic. Um, and it's a song that's found in the Passover Haggadah, you know, the the um, booklet, that the text we read on Passover to go with that um, celebration of freedom. But the song is actually like a children's ditty, like um, there was an old woman who, who swallowed a fly, this kind of circular rhyme about the absurdity of violence. It's about, 
you know, the dog was eaten by the cat, was eaten by the ox, was eaten, it was um, explained by the, the angel of death, this kind of ongoing cycle of violence. So that's the basic song. And then um, a well, very well-loved Israeli folk singer, Chava Alberstein, added a few verses to the song a few years ago that relate more specifically the conf- to the conflict that are very powerful. Um, and um, that choir sings that song in Hebrew and Arabic at the end of the ceremony every year. There's an amazing part of the song where they say, I used to be a dove. Um, I, 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 can't remember. I used to be a dove. I used to be a lamb. Now I'm a wolf and now I'm a jackal. Well, now I don't know who I am. And I've always understood that to be that living in that conflict kind of changes one's sense of identity uh, yeah. in a very sad way. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the moment, of course, uh, there is active uh, uh, bombing going on in the Gaza Strip, uh, uh, so uh, in the West Bank. So it's a very... Um, uh, timely. Timely, yeah. And, and you said that, the, I mean, I know that there's a Q&A on the 28th of May, Sunday, at 4 p.m. at the Classic uh, yeah. in Elstonwick. And so uh, two of the uh, representatives in this film are coming to that Q&A. That's right. The two men, Palestinian Bassam and Israeli Rami, will be at that Q&A. Now, why is it so important for them to come and speak to Australian Jewish and Palestinian audiences and the general uh, audience? Yes. Well, I mean, as I say, the... Um, the organisation Plastics One J, who's bringing them out, are wanting to show people the power of people-to-people peace building, and that's something I learned through making the film. I learned that you can't have just this top-down political approach to the conflict. That what that's what was tried in 1993 with the Oslo Accords, if people remember that, and. Both societies on the ground weren't ready for it and there was kind of protests and demonstrations and it didn't pass. You need to change the culture of conflict from the ground up in what's called a bottom-up kind of grassroots approach to conflict resolution, conflict resolution that includes this kind of people-to-people peace-building. Um, so it's really important to highlight that. It's the kind of approach that was used in Northern Ireland and South Africa and includes those ideas of truth and reconciliation commissions and about hearing the story and the pain of the other side. But what's crazy is that you know, apparently $44 per person was spent in Northern Ireland on these kind of people-to-people peace-building projects, whilst in Israel and the Palestinian territories it's been $1.50. So there's this recognition that a lot more money and effort needs to be spent to change the cultural conflict on the ground in those places. And I think the idea of bringing Rami Basama out to Australia is to highlight the need for that and to show politicians here and people from the Jewish and Palestinian communities um, that there is a partner on the other side who's wanting to make peace. It's clear. I mean, what the film does, sorry, and what the tool does is breaking down negative stereotypes. You know, there were so many negative stereotypes of the other, and this film and the tool kind of breaks those down and humanizes the other side.
I, I was interested in the fact that you received funding from Australian film uh, bodies. Uh, that's an interesting uh, development as well, isn't it? Yes, it wasn't easy <laughs> to get the funding. So, Annie, when I started making this film, I had no money. And um, I rang my husband. I was over there and I rang him and said, I'm going to make this film. And I could kind of, it was a phone call. It wasn't a FaceTime or anything. And I just could see him rolling his eyes. But we said, look, we're happy to put, you know, $20,000 of our own money into it. Um, but as I started, and I'd imagined it would just be a short film, but as I started making the film and I realised I was following four stories that there was no way I could respectfully follow those four stories in such a short time frame. So it turned into a feature-length film and I couldn't do it on $20,000. It is a very low-budget film. It doesn't look like it, but it is. But I did have to raise money. So... Um, there were people at Film Victoria who were supportive of the film from early, really early on, which I really appreciate. And with Screen Australia, I got funding um, through the Producer Equity Program, which is a particular program for low-budget films. And then I had to do a crowdfunding campaign as well. <laughs> a great project. And uh, hopefully you'll get a large audience on Sunday. Well, basically... Almost sold out, truth be told. So if anybody there does want to go, I, I, I really think there's not that many tickets left. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for talking to me today, Esther. My pleasure, Annie. Really, thanks a lot for having me. That's it for Showreel this week. Don't forget, 3CR Radiothon is coming up in June. If you enjoy Showreel, kick in some moolah for me to continue. Also, don't forget... The Narrow Bridge is having a screening and Q&A with the director at the Classic Cinema in Alstonwick on Sunday, May the 28th at 4pm. Coming up next is Published or Not. The birds they sing at the break of day Start again I heard them say Don't dwell On what has passed away Or what is yet to be Yeah, the war They will be fought again Holy dove, she will be cut again. Bod and soul and bot again. The dove is never free. Signs, the signs were sent. 
The birth betrayed The marriage spent Yeah, the widowhood Of every government Signs for all to see I can't run no more With that lawless crowd In high places Say their prayers out loud But they've summoned They've summoned up a thundercloud They're gonna hear from me Ring the bell That still could ring listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. It's Radiothon time. This is where we ask you, the listener, to stay tuned, stay radical. This year, we need to raise $275,000 to keep the station going. Any amount you can afford makes a big difference. It's so easy to donate. Head to 3cr.org.au slash donate. We rely on the community support, so please be sure to donate and stay tuned, stay radical in 2023. Thanks for listening.